work better together. And there's really, it doesn't really matter who I compete against and win against because I could be the number one salesperson of, you know, 10 other people that are at the bottom of the ladder. And so if you feel good because you've done that, then, well, great. You, you beat your competition. Woohoo. Um, or really, is it just striving to be your best and always do your best and for the people you work with and trusting that if you do that, that you will you will be successful, not only in the sense of as a person um, and the organization will be more successful long term, but uh, you will actually make more money. In, in the in the long run, at least, maybe not right. short. Because well, you can always you can always lie your butt off for one huge deal, tell them anything they want, and it'll come crashing down eventually. But for that week, you're on top of the world. <laughs> so, if you look at the fact that when one guy is ahead of the other, that much ahead of the other ten, you know what that's a sign of? That's a sign of a broken a broken company. And if a company's healthy, all the sales guys should be fairly close to each other because there's consistency. So there was times where I was selling two or three times more than my peers, but that was a sign that the company was broken. Couldn't it be a sign that maybe that one person is just that much better? And from that one person's perspective, in terms of competition and growth, um, you know, they could stay there maybe. And, and or maybe it's time to get into a larger pool if they want to. Or maybe it's a sign of and I do agree with after a little bit of time, the healthiness would be hopefully if that the, the danger is that person then slides back to the level of the other salespeople, right? Because they're like, oh, I'm, I'm way too high. I shouldn't be here. How did this happen? That's more likely than what, what usually happens. Um, but, yeah, hopefully there starts to be an upward trend of everybody. Um, that's, that's a healthy company when everybody is trending upwards. Well, if you have 11 guys and one guy selling – you know, twice as much as all the, the other 10, it's a sign of tribal knowledge. It's a sign that, you know, it's a sign no one's working together as a team. It's a sign that it's exactly the old school method. Basically, you know, the, the number one guy used to be, used to be cherished and still is to a degree, but there's always that demon in the back of the, company owners consciousness saying what if I could get the rest of the guy selling this much and why aren't they and it it's it never it never comes down to the other 10 are lazy because <laughs> that's 10 people right right usually it's a sign that one guy's working his butt off and he's too busy to help the other guys and coach too busy to coach the other guys and he's trying to feed his family and make the best living possible. And there's nobody there tying it all together. And for a while I was both sales manager and top sales guy at the same time, but there was no way I could coach effectively. Now it's actually easier for me because some of the more mundane responsibilities of a sales manager are out of the way and they're just shadowing me, working very close to me. Um, back then, you know, we had a lot of guys working at home. And that's also not a good thing because you lose the energy, you lose the team environment, you, you lose the positive influence from one person has on the other if you separate them. So we've come to this conclusion that we, didn't, we don't want sales guys spread out working from home you know, because it, the, even now, I mean, we have a couple, but the team seems to be functioning better and better every month together. Yeah, I do agree if you have a healthy team environment. I do think there are some things that you can do 
to um, help that remote actual team, especially if like you're across the nation and you do have like people that need to be in certain local areas and it, it's really more beneficial to have them work remote. But I completely see with you in the sense of if you have a healthy team environment, everybody comes together and they build each other up. Now, if you have a negative team environment, then those one or two or three that come into that, like if you have a toxic sales manager, they just get discouraged and their numbers will go down instead of everybody being lifted up. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like back in the Christian days where, you know, where if I would have said, I already read the Bible once, I don't need to read it again. And in, in sales, there's the that consistency, you know, that reminder, if you're near that person who's succeeding, you're, you're, you're not going to forget, you know, if you spend a lot of time away from an influence, eventually that influence becomes less and less of an influence. And, and because the influence in sales is actually listening to the, to the top guy, talk on the phone, watching his habits, things that you can't see from a distance and consistently seeing yep. that every day, you know, constantly 40 hours a week. Right. It becomes an organic. That's one thing that um, I, I, one thing I think is missing in a lot of organizations is the, um, the salespeople or anybody don't have adequate enough time to spend time with and listen to and learn from those that are really are doing well. Yeah, and the, then there's the lack of coaching. That's the other big one because uh, there's the difference between a manager. I, there's there should be no such thing as a sales manager. There should be only a sales coach or sales sales leader. But because a manager and a leader are different, you know, a manager is just taking orders from above, and he's he doesn't have as much power. He's just transferring information from the top to the to the sales team and and you know a, a coach is someone with influence that sets an example and so at very least you should have a manager to do the mundane stuff and and a and a coach but those are very two very different personalities um the coach is literally doing it from his heart. He's not, doesn't have that fear. He's already succeeding. And so he's doing it because he genuinely cares and he wants to help and he, he's motivated by healthy means. But a manager is someone who is, can be more susceptible to fear. Like his motivation can be fear and fear is not really that, healthy of a motivator because eventually you burn out when you when fear is your motivation you, you'll eventually burn out because fear just slowly drains you i completely agree so one question i was going to ask you i thought it would be kind of a and we maybe we're, i'm sure we're already talking about some of those things but you talked about selling without selling so can you Tell me about that. What were you, you talked a little bit like some parts of that were about technology. Um, you talked about that a little bit. And but what what is what is your idea of selling without selling? Well, as the environment changes and the internet in time became everything. The this the whole idea of sales has to adapt to to reflect the changes in our environment with the internet and emails and texting and, and product reviews out there, the whole entire internet's filled with um, users that are, are doing the selling or they're doing the opposite with bad reviews and bad comments and bad videos. And so selling has been, kind of split into two parts i mean i don't like to 
du- dualities. I don't like splitting things up and limiting, but let's just say that it's two parts. Let's say you have one part, which is the internet and the reviews and people doing their own research so that they can have the, their sense of satisfaction. They're not trusting a human, uh, a human being that works for a company who's going to make a profit off of them, which is, can be very intimidating, very insulting. That's why sales guys have a, a bad rap in a way because they're just the guy who's going to tell you what you want to hear and try to get he's trying to get his hand in your pocket the reviews are they're honest the, the reviews are real people that's why amazon and their reviews has verified purchase because they don't they want us as the consumer to know who actually made that purchase and and which reviews are from those folks who actually made that purchase they're not just somebody who was hired to better put a review out there so so now who's the sales guy in this in the face of the information age and all this information being circulating on the internet the the sales guy is somebody completely different than he was 10 15 20 years ago and the sales guy now has become more of a guide because the truth is out there like files you know <laughs> the truth is out there and you can find it on your own you don't need a sales for that but what you do need a sales guy for is to 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 guide you to to be the technical expert to go beyond the reviews to answer questions the internet doesn't to um be more technical in that degree. So um, will somebody buy a product based on good reviews alone? Well, yeah, up to a certain price point. So there's a lot of small things that you don't need a sales guy for. But then there's the big ticket items that are a little more technical, more detailed, so, for example, there's that company Carvana. They still have a call center because they know that people are not going to buy a car without a salesperson. They may not have believed that initially, but in their evolution as a, as a company, they have a call center. And then you have you know, uh, like open door the real estate company they they've still got tons of people in their company but maybe initially they thought we're going to automate the process of home buying well a house is not something you're going to buy without a real person um you know giving you the security you need to go through that that large purchase so i mean i sell metal buildings and I know that there's a lot of people that'll that'll drop their credit card on a, something that's twelve hundred, you know, bucks. For, but they're not going to drop their credit card without talking to somebody on a ten thousand dollar purchase. And that that's a transaction that requires a lot of trust. And to do that, you have to be able to establish a relationship that's based on security. And, and, you know, people aren't stupid now. I mean, we're, we're in an environment where the tricks are not so easily unfolded on, on people. I mean, you, you have the entire Internet out there. You have tons of information to read. Anyone, people are informed. They're not going to fall for half the tricks out there. So your best... Success as a salesperson is to identify some of those tricks and make sure you keep reminding people, well, there are companies that will tell you this or do this, and that's just a scam or a way to get your money uh, in, 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 in exchange, sell you something that's cheap and poor quality. You know, they're preying on your ignorance, basically, in this product line. They know that you're just, you know, an average customer in the sense that you're not familiar with certain technical aspects of a product. So go technical if you're selling. Talk about things that are very technical. Remind people that 
two products aren't created equally from a technical sense. And, and once you do that, they verify it on the internet and then they come back to you later and they say, you know, I, I did some homework and you're right. And then you got yourself a sale. So you said a lot there. Um, so first, I think that, I mean, we're obviously talking about in the sense of with reviews, this is not like a startup company that has no sales. That's that's a different thing in a sense. I mean, you oh, it's. I think it's always good to have an eye towards there will be reviews. You will be online. People will know what's happening um, to an extent. I mean, it seems like everything I've ever looked at reviews on, you always have one star to five stars people have different experiences they have different opinions but people do check those out and i think that what you're saying is people get a certain level of impression and i did see if okay do i want to engage this company i think people also have and understand we have enough information out there to realize yes there are generalities and people share some um certain ideas and things but there is always a uniqueness to why you're going to buy something what your particular needs are and you need to kind of figure that out so one thing you said about selling without selling is that the salesperson is a guide um so i know that a sales process is very important in terms of you need to know what your sales process is um does that have to do with like what you're talking about in terms of a guide and are there general um, guidelines to be a good sales guide? What are your thoughts there? Well, you reverse engineer it and you take somebody that was a sales guy 20 years ago and then you drop them into a sales position in 2020 and you say, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) What does that look like? What did, I laugh and you laugh because we have an idea about what it looks like. But what does that look like? <laughs> I mean, we're we're in the 21st century, so you drop a guy 20 years ago in you know from 20 years back into a sales position. He's gonna say, "I got to get on that phone." <laughs> well, let me tell you, you're gonna get a lot of voicemails, robocall blockers, people who say it's a bad time. But generally, most people aren't even going to answer the phone. And you could ask yourself the same question. When my phone rings and I don't recognize the phone number, what do I do? It's not just voicemail. It's just it's not just company owners doing that. I mean, uh, or other sales guys. It's everybody. You can't say, well, I do that. But that's because I am in business and I've been selling and I, I just don't want to answer a number I don't reckon. Oh no, everybody does that. Everybody, everybody does that. I mean, I'm a guy, I get on the phone, I can make a hundred calls in a day and, and I'll get, you know, 75, 80 voicemails and I might talk to 20 real people, but then out of that 20, there's going to be a quarter of them that say it's a bad time or they're busy and they only got a couple of minutes and then you, so by the time you boil it down, it's like, okay, I could spend my entire day doing it this way or, and then that's the magic solution. The, or it's the whole point of the internet is I don't want to go to a store. I want to sit in my house. The whole point of the internet is, I don't want to talk to a sales guy. I want to send in a question to a company and get an answer promptly, but I don't want to talk to anybody. And it's just, we're an antisocial society, man. We all sit there on our phones, ignoring each other. We we're more comfortable texting each other and, and, you know, (laughs) than we are, Hey, let's meet and talk somewhere. You know, that's just... and you can sit there and complain about that, or you can adjust. Right. It and insanity is expecting something different. It is expecting the old way and the old results, and it can't understand. It just can't accept the fact that that the environment has changed. It insanity keeps going back to the old way, the same methods, 
And they, they blame other things. They blame people. They blame lack of systems. They blame whatever. But the, the real issue is they're doing it the old way. They're not doing it the new way. And the new way starts with acknowledging the scenario that we're in. We are in a society that is not the same as it was 20 years ago. So if you're going to build a successful sales team, that's where you start. And so what that means is adapt, change or die. Don't expect, you know, to get the same results using the old, same old methods. And, and I mean, everything in life works that way. Sales salesmanship is the same as courtship. It's this, it's basically anything that involves a relationship. I mean, the dating world's the same way. Now we have dating apps, right? You write your profile. You don't want to have to go out and, and join the hiking club or the biking club and get into these awkward positions. You People go online for that stuff now, even dating. So you have a whole different environment that's based on less social engagement face-to-face and more let me let me judge. Let me sit back from a distance and judge. So, I mean, that's maybe where you start. You Presentation is everything. That means if you're a company that's not established and you don't have any reviews, your website has to be, uh, you know, demonstrative of your product. Your, your videos have to demonstrate your product well. You, you, you have to have a, a foundation that's where it starts. That's step one. And your, your relevance is not in a brand because nobody knows who you are yet. You're unknown. So you're a product and, and a feature. That's all you are in the beginning. You're not a brand. Nobody knows who you are. So you start there. So you start with, um, sounds like the primary thing, and I, I think this is pretty well known right now, although some companies um, don't have one, a, a website, a website that is clear, concise, tells your story well, um, the story in terms of the, because there's no story in terms of the company, but in the story in terms of a product and the features of the product and you know, going into sales, you always try to put forward maybe some benefits and you could do that. People sometimes derive their own benefits. Sometimes it takes a little interaction. I mean, I know there are some companies like Airbnb, their story, they started off with one customer and then they built a few, but they, they wanted to grow solely because they were very hyper customer focused. They needed to hear from their customers what they liked what they didn't like get those real benefits because we can have something in our mind but until we actually get feedback we don't know and and the story they tell is like we were so glad we were able to take advantage of that because if we grew too fast and we didn't get all that feedback then we, we would soon have too quickly gone away from the ability to really interact with our customers and understand what their needs were and i'm sure that's a that's a challenge to larger businesses kind of on the, the other side in terms of really keeping the pulse of your clients or customers to, of the market, seeing what, what they really like and what they really find beneficial about the features of your products. Yeah, and some of the evidence of this is old companies like Sears, you would think these old companies with, with all this money and power would be able to simply hire a consultant and change direction. But you have a company that's way younger, Amazon, a startup that quickly became the biggest company in the world. <laughs> um, so, so the funny thing is, even taking an old dinosaur and changing its ways is proving impossible in our, in our economy. That's why all the new startups like Uber and Lyft and these old taxi companies, they're already established, right? Old. 
I can say three letters O L D old. Try to teach an old dog new tricks. Try to take an old business model and turn it around. Try to change a, an old organization. It, 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 the evidence says that's not even possible because you have these old business owners, these old boards, and they are so stubborn and stuck in their own old ways that they are not going anywhere. They're just bankrupt. And so if I was a company owner, if I had a successful product, my idea would be get out of the way, bring in some fresh minds, switch marketing companies every year or two. I mean, fresh new, new marketing guys who do every two or two, you know, year or two uh, on site. This is some good. Let me bring this back a little bit, though. Um, cause I kind of diverted us a little bit cause I was in- interested to hear what you said, but you said, okay, so we're talking about, uh, the salesperson being a guide. And so the first part of that, I think that, you know, as the company goes, a salesperson goes in a sense, the salesperson is basically the company to whoever they're interacting with in a sense. So the company and the salesperson, tell me if I'm, I'm misunderstanding you or I'm missing anything, but the first thing to do is, um, be very clear on um, who you are, what you're about, the product. And there's kind of a little education on who you are and the product. And the, the primary first step in doing that is a, a website for an organization. That's probably what the, the um, salesperson, I think you'd say too, is okay, let's look, at, let's look at the website. Let me use the website. Let me consider the website. Thoughts? So... The biggest mistake with websites is if you're talking to someone, it's because they don't usually want, they've seen enough. They don't want to go to your website or your website's so complicated. So the funny thing is there's a lot of lazy sales guys out there that will make the wrong assumption and they'll say, well, have you seen our website? You know, go back to our Hold website. On, it's like, just t- you said, just said talking to somebody, but we haven't really gotten there in that process yet. Right. So um, the website itself needs to be as simple as possible. So that's where it starts, not with some complicated, frequently asked questions and thousands of words and, you know, tools that only half of your website visitors are understand or capable of using. The technical Um, salesperson later, right, as you said. What was that? Because you had mentioned the the sales guide or person needing to um, fill in the technical gaps and be technically proficient. So the website's very simple. The tech, real technical stuff comes in later with the sales guide. Yeah, exactly. And and like for example, when I go to a news website, I don't I don't read the news articles if there's a video. My my nature, my human nature, which is similar to everyone, because we're all we're not that different, goes to a video because that's like a real person almost looking you in the eye and and telling you the story. Well, that, uh, news sites are a one way thing, not a two way thing. And that's all the that's the one thing that differentiates a web a news website from a product website. Product websites are two ways. So you need a person. Everyone's questions are going to be different. Everyone's longings are going to be different. Everyone's personality is going to be different. So you have to be prepared. And that's having a sales guy that can read people. And it has to be someone with intuition. So intuition, rather than um, someone who could trick a person into buying something like the old tricks were I've got something out back that, you know, no one else knows about yet. And you're the first person I'm going to share this with, and I can cut you a great deal on it. You know, (laughs) nobody falls for that anymore. So if you drop a 20 year old sales guy from 20 years ago into today's sales position, he's going to sound like a, a con man. 
because 20 years ago, those kinds of scams were happening every day in every sales department. A sales manager's job was to teach people how to manipulate, how to, how to cheat in some ways and get somebody's money as fast as possible. Nowadays, you can't do that anymore. So the website should have a good intuitive salesperson that gives input and the web sign, website designer then uses that input to create a relational website. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of bringing people through the ranks. So it starts with curiosity. I don't want to talk to somebody who's curious. I'm the sales guy. I'm too good for that. I, I don't want to talk to curious people. There's a difference between shoppers and buyers. In today's sales world, someone should not get to a salesperson until they're in the buyer stage, not the shopping stage. The shopping stage could be handled by a website, by someone who is trained to chat and answer simple questions. It's a couple of videos maybe on your site, um, reviews, positive reviews, once they work their way through that filter and, 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 and that's how people operate anyways, they don't want to talk to somebody until they're in buying mode. And if you try to contact them before they're in buying mode, they're either going to ignore your call. If your call is going to be blocked by a robo blocker, you're going to get reported to a robo blocking service. And then your call will be blocked on everybody's phone because robo blocking lists are common you know, cell phone companies share those lists with each other to help, you know, be more effective at blocking sales calls. So, you know, if someone wants to talk to you, they will call you. So you want to create layers that they have to work through so that by the time you do call them or they call you, it's invited. It's not uninvited. Okay. Absolutely. Great. So, any so we talked a lot about the website in terms of and and I think I think you're right in terms of and I think everything else surrounding the website that people talk about you know Twitter Instagram Facebook everything eventually the idea is you draw them to your website that's just to get the word out there to get some stuff out there to take them to your website because that's what they're going to do like oh that's an interesting enough video that's an interesting enough article that's an interesting enough to where I'm like oh. I want to go to the website. Then you go to the website. Then the website has to be engaging enough. And um, how would you, um, and it has to be able to, as you said, be a filter. So those that it's, they, they maybe thought it was a right fit and what they were looking for, interested in, um, but aren't it's like, Oh, very clear. Okay. They leave the others. It's clear enough. It's like, Oh yes, this is possibly a good match. And then they enter a little another layer of okay i'm going to get on this chat or i'm going to send an email or i'm going to request information or something like that it's engaging enough it's clear enough and engaging enough to where they can make a a good a good decision on if they want to continue on right and your top sales guy should be designing your website it should not be a programming nerd it should not be someone who uses a lot of words and a lot of fluff the top sales guy knows how to very quickly capture the limited amount of attention that you get from a person which is maybe a couple of minutes if you don't pull them in in the first couple of minutes you you're going to lose them so you have a website like the in and out burger menu you know show a couple of pictures of some juicy burgers and don't put too many on the menu and pique someone's curiosity and, and if they want to go deeper go deeper but honestly if you let your tech guy design your homepage, he's gonna screw up the whole process from the start because a tech guy does not think like a sales guy right okay so let's say okay so you have this you have this um these things out there marketing right you have the I mean, and marketing and sales is always good to get you have the, the kind of the marketing the message that goes out 
You have the marketing, the message on your website. Then you start to get an interaction, which is more customer service centric in terms of customers want to be, they need to be served. They need to be maybe served some particular answers. They need to be served some ideas. They need to be served some knowledge in, in a very basic way, as you said, through, through chat or through a video, whatever. And then if they engage, then they engage further. And so you kind of pulled them in with the marketing. Um, And then at what point should it get to the sales? I'm going to call them sales guide because I like that term. Then it gets to the sales guide. Um, At what point is it right for it to go to the sales guide, the person to go to the sales guide? And then how does the sales guy then come in and take over in in the right in the right way? Um, it's basically by demand. I mean, that person is going to, the golden moment is when that person says, um, do you guys have a phone number or somebody that I can talk to? Then now you're talking, you're talking about something. There's an automatic, um, call meeting where they can click a button and schedule a meeting, a call. Um, you know, and, and, and it could be on their terms. In other words, they might prefer, you know, text interaction. They might prefer email. They might prefer yeah, it doesn't a have call. To right. At a certain time of the day, they might prefer to just get your number and call you on their terms. So that's where that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with this different society, which is why tech people shouldn't be designing the sales program company owners they establishing a product but they're rarely good at selling the product they establish um, at some point they got just big enough to hire people that were actually good at selling and and uh, honestly most company owners know that otherwise they would be in sales if they were so good at selling this is the hilarious thing about company owners if they were that good at selling You think for one second that a company owner that wants to grow a company could stay off the sales team. If they were that good at selling, they would go cut themselves some mega deals. They would go, you know, sell, make a volume deal with with somebody and sell a ton of these, right? You know, whatever their witch is. Those people would be to duplicate themselves and be able to accomplish more with other people. Right. And so they got they they were successful initially in the generation they started in. But at some point they had to pass the baton and actually hire guys that were good at selling at the next. I mean, we're talking next level selling. So if a company owner was capable of making big deals, they would. I'm telling you, (laughs) they would be on the sales team man. they wouldn't be running the company. That's the engine room. The front lines where things happen is in sales. And there's, if a sale, if a company owner was good at selling, he would be in the sales team because he wants to grow his company. He would make some big deals and those big deals would result in growth because that's what they want is growth. And if they were capable of doing it themselves, they would do it. So that's why across the board, you have a lot of company owners that say, I, I'm not great at selling. That's my, my sales team. That's why I have a sales team. Right. Okay. So the salesperson gets an interest, whether it's by text or whatever, what is the process or how does that salesperson guide um, their customer or client through? What are the steps? What are, what, how, what are the steps? What are the steps and how, does the salesperson guide the customer through those steps? Well, selling without selling is rushing without rushing. Because <laughs> you obviously yeah. want to close the deal as fast as possible. I mean, who doesn't, right? But of course, you have to come up with real means. The, and you know what? The customer, too. The customer cares about time too so the customer most of the time the customer now some are different you know but inevitably the customer wants to come to the point where they either are yes or no and they can make it they can make a clear decision yes or no same with the salesperson 
they want to get to a clear decision, yes or no, as well. So they're really, most of the time, trying to accomplish the same goal. Well, and it always depends on the product. There are some products that they're not a, not a big ticket product. Maybe they're consumable. They're things you use every month or week. Then there's the big ticket products, which require, in my case, what I sell is metal building kits. So you have to have land. You have to have permission to build on that land. You have to have money. Um, so the longer sales cycle than others. Well, some, some like I could sell a, a carport same day, but I can't sell a big building the same day. That's something that takes time. So by the time they get to me, if the filter works the way it's supposed to, they have gotten their questions answered. They've been wowed by our website presentation and whatever videos and reviews are out there. They now have finally closed on their property. And by the time they call me, they're a buyer. They're not a shopper. And the buyer says, I have the money and the land, but I, you know, I need someone to guide me through the more technical steps, the final steps in this transaction. And, but not all products, that's where the product's going to determine the process. Okay. So what does the sales guy do? happening my phone keeps on putting you on this the (laughs) you go quiet but what was it what did you say i said okay so what does the sales guy do um i mean the the intuition should be the the chief's skill i mean we're talking about the age where being seen is easy so the day where you hire a hunter I, I remember all the sales job ads looking for a real hunter. Right, right. That doesn't fit. So when you read a sales job ad that says looking for a hunter, you're, you're looking at a company that's probably old. Yeah. Or they at least think like an old, you know. Right. And, and it's it's just not where I would want to work anyways. Those right. are. Those jobs, those job ads turned me off because I thought this, this company's living in the past. Yeah. Or a hungry salesperson or there's all those. Yeah. Those really competitive, driven, ambitious uh, where you're, you know, you're, you know, you have that, uh, you know, all those, all those things. But let me, so let me ask you this. So the first thing, and you said this two or three times now, intuition. So how does, how does um, a sales guide develop intuition on the front end? So that's something that's innate to somebody, but I would imagine it can be developed. So what does a person do to develop a good intuition in that scenario? Um. I mean, there's two ways of looking at this. You can interview somebody and, and find out more about them. So, so in other words, make sure, make, sure, make sure the person doing the interviewing has good intuition, right? Because there okay. are companies that can't hire worth beans. I mean, they couldn't hire a good person if their life depended on it. They can hire, but they can't hire a good person. And in this same scenario, you're equating uh, interview like a hiring process, interview in terms of the sales guide saying, okay, well, I need to find out from you where you're at. I need to learn more about you and your wants and your desires. Yeah. Cause you don't want somebody who's too greedy. They're going to, they're going to end up scamming people and making your company look bad. Greedy salespeople are from 20 years ago. They're not, that's not the modern sales guide. The modern sales guide is not driven by greed. Uh, desperation in today's world is a salesperson's worst enemy. If somebody has this desperation, if they're on the verge of bankruptcy and they took this job thinking they're going to get rich quick, you're going to end up in a bad scenario. And how many bad reviews does it take? How many mistakes, how many sales guy mistakes does it take to make a company's reputation 
go down fast. I mean, that's something you have to look at in today's world. We are in the internet age. There is no secrets. Okay, so that's that's the you said there were two parts. So the first part is interview or two different sides. One side is interview. What's the other side? Well, the other side is developing that intuition. Okay. Um and there's that's also multifaceted because your filtering mechanism could be some of that in your in your selling process and your marketing process. So if you can develop a lead scoring system or algorithm or a, some kind of a filter in your CRM database, something to rate people and then use that to develop intuition automatically, then you're halfway there. The second half is just training a sales guy to be tactful, to not be desperate and greedy and, and, you know, pushy. And I love those trainings. Can you imagine the sales training? Okay. Here's what we're going to cover today. We're going to cover how to not be greedy, how to not be pushy. (laughs) And that's the, that's see, that's the inherent problems. That's why company owners suck at selling in most cases because they are so growth centric. They are greedy in a lot of ways. They want, you know, they maybe they have major debts and they want to like, you know, catch up on their debt. So they're inherently going to train a sales team based on the wrong approach. And they're going to want to see aggressive sales guys that are pushy who only care about making else. And that's sabotage. That's how you sabotage your own success. So you need a, a proxy between company owners and sales teams for the sales team to be successful. So in developing intuition, the first thing you train on or help a salesperson is what not to do. That's the way it is in every case. When you're in the, like I said, it all ties in courtship. Half of. Tell me, that's not what sales trainings are usually about. Sales training. Half half of the dating game is what not to do on your first date. (laughs) <laughs> yeah how to you know okay don't burp <laughs> don't fart <laughs> spit on her don't, don't be self-consumed <laughs> yeah don't talk but, but the whole trainings have you ever come across a sales training like that it's like okay day one or whatever first phase is here's what not to do don't be greedy don't be pushy don't be um don't be um self-centered don't be um company centered don't be telling all about yourself um have have you know what all, all these things of you know, that we're going to have but you know don't you know all these don'ts and i love those i'm missing one that you said you said don't be greedy don't be pushy what was the other one there's something else anyway yeah, I mean it it's uh, we're people don't have time for that. And they, and they see through that so quickly now. Maybe they didn't used to, or maybe it was just so standard, but people they even get a whiff of that and they're gone usually. Well, and you're you're competitive you're competing uh sales guy on the other side selling for your competitor is going to, the first thing he's going to do is identify all your weaknesses. And he's going to say, don't call them. They're greedy. They're pushy. And you know, um, they're, they're in a hurry. They, they're all they're going to want to do is get your money as fast as possible. So who, who's going to win that battle? Who, you know, the honest, to good guy. That's, that's who's going to win the guide. And so that's the difference between, and not all sales managers are like this, but the, generally a sales manager is just a, he's the voice of a company owner and he's got to hit numbers at any cost because he's for afraid. And so he's going to pass down the, ang- you know, the, the anxiousness and the, the fears and, you know, all the toxicity. He's not going to be a filter, right? So, but a coach, a leader is going to say, all right, 
I, I can pass this down to the sales team, but I need to filter all this other stuff because it's not healthy. It's toxic. Uh, yeah, he's going to protect his team. He's a leader. He's a shepherd. He's going to genuinely care about his team. He's not going to want all that garbage, all the politics, all the crap to filter down to the team. He's going to stop. He's going to be where the buck stops, and he is going to be a coach and a leader. He's not driven by fear. I like and, this phrase. Sorry, go ahead. And if he's not driven by fear, he's not going to drive using fear. He's not going to drive people using fear, right? So that is, is the fear is how you burn out a sales team. And fear is high equals high turnover. And fear equals bad reviews and sales guys that are desperate who do stupid things who ruin your reputation. And next thing you know, there's a bad YouTube video out about your company because this one sales guy was so afraid and so desperate that he did whatever it took to get that customer's money. And, and little did he know he was just about to throw his job and his own company under the bus. Yep. So, Hey, I really like where, so I, I think this is a good stop. So we basically got up to the salesperson is talking to a customer um, they can interview and they need to have intuition, intuition, um, uh, developed by what not to do <laughs> to start with. And, um, which kind of on the converse side is obviously then you replace it with, here's what you do. So you always have, I read a book called victory over vice one time by our, um, archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. He used to, I don't know if you know him. He used to have a television show. It was real super popular, He's a charismatic guy, and he wrote this book, and I love it because he doesn't just say, okay, here are the vices. Don't do these things. He said, here's the vice. Here's the corresponding virtue. So, um, like, I think it was, like, for pride, obviously the corresponding virtue was humility, I think he said. And so you don't focus on the pride. Like, we know now you get more of what you focus on. So here's the pride. The answer to that is humility. Focus on humility. And so he does all the seven um, uh, vices, and then he does the corresponding virtue, and that's what he focuses on. Here's the virtue. Here's the virtue. Here's the virtue. And so, um, but he but he includes both. So it's like here's what not to do. Here's what you do. That book, um, don't eat this, eat that. <laughs> you know, I think people respond really well to that, but I but I don't think in sales training. They do that and they don't have those particular things of what not to do. Don't be greedy. Don't, you know, because it's all about salesperson is all about relationships. So it's all about you as a person. So part of it is developing as a person, right? Right. And if you're becoming a better salesperson or sales guide, we say, you're becoming a better person in general. And at the end of the day, you can feel good about the fact that you not only assisted your teammates on the sales team, you've also assisted customers and into making a wise decision because you genuinely believe in the product you're selling. 